Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. I know a place What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the East West Growing Podcast. This is episode 21. Definitely something in the water here. How's everybody doing? We're doing good out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Let's take a look at today's lineup. I had my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine last week. We'll talk about that. We had a small snafu up at Mission Peak that we'll get into. And we're going to get into the rise in Asian hate crimes here in America. And why? Why the fuck is this happening? We're also going to laugh at Matt Gates some more. And we're going to add whatever we want to throw into the ring on this 21st episode of the East West Grind Podcast. Hazard. All right, I'm gonna try and line this up, Ash. Wish me luck. Tone, tan, fit, and ready. Turn it up because it's getting heavy. Wild, wild West Coast. These are the girls I love the most. I mean the ones I mean like she's the one. Kiss it, touch it, squeeze her bonds. The girl's afraid she drives a Jeep. I love the bay too, Snoop. All that ass hanging out. Bikinis, zucchinis, martinis, no weenies. California. Boom! All right, you guys, let's get into this shit. Let's get our day going. Shout out to our new listeners in Jamaica, Ireland, Kenya, Greece, the Netherlands. What the fuck? Thanks for finding us, neighbors. We're honored to have you here at the East West Coin Podcast. Let's fucking do this, guys. All right, what's up, what's up to all the Grind's friends and foes? I'm hoping everyone's good, healthy, uh, getting those vaccines. I mean, on Saturday, just this past Saturday, the CDC reported that the just that one day, just that day alone, they were able to administer 4 million shots into people's arms. 
And as we've said in some, you know, recent past episodes here at The Grind, we see it. We see, you know, we see people getting those shots. We see them coming out and feeling safe, commingling again. It's it's really starting to happen. And I'm hitting a lot of like, uh, I'm hitting traffic on a Saturday at like 10 a.m. And Bay Area traffic on 880 pre-COVID was literally 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. Seven days a week. No shit. Disgusting, the traffic here. But, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's nice to see. And I'll keep saying that it's, uh, it's nice to see people. And like I said in the intro, I had my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine last week. It, uh, it was on Thursday. And much like they said the side effects would be, they were. On Thursday night, I had a slight headache. On Friday, it kicked my ass. I was at work and I started to get like hot flashes and get tired and the chills. So my boss, you know, she cut me loose and um, I went home and went to bed. Woke up at 6 a.m. the next day, right as rain, ready to go. So it's not that bad. I mean, at least for me, it wasn't that bad. Um, and, I'll, and I'll take the, the one day side effects over catching COVID and risking a ventilator any fucking day of the week. So uh, get those vaccines, folks. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. Good to see you, Savannah. So we've got 30 million Americans who've gotten one dose, 10 million Americans fully vaccinated with both doses. When you think about how many, where we're going, needing upwards of 250 million Americans at least to finally be vaccinated to get herd immunity, are you frustrated at the pace of this? Do we need to pick it up? Well, I think it is going to be picked up, Savannah, because if you look at what's going to happen as we get into March and April, the number of available doses will allow for much more of a mass vaccination approach, which is really much more accelerated than what you're seeing now. If you compare now to what we were doing just literally a month ago, the escalation has really been considerable. I would imagine, and in fact, I'm fairly certain that as we get into and towards the end of April, you'll see some of the implementation of what you just showed, namely pharmacies, community vaccine centers, mobile units really stepping up the pace of vaccination. So I believe we're on target. We are on target of what the president said. And hopefully as we get into the early spring, Ah, the good doctor, Dr. F, Dr. Fauci. Sidebar. Melta. 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 The mail's here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Today's sidebar is a recent uh, DM from Brian in Florida. And Brian says, quote, Peter Navarro is a much better source for COVID updates than that Nazi, Dr. Fauci, unquote. I was like, Trisha, this song is for you. I don't fuck with you. You little stupid ass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. You little dumbass bitch, I ain't fucking with you. I got a million trillion things that I'd rather fucking do. But who is filling people's heads with this shit? Huh? Who? If this is your belief that Peter Navarro knows more about COVID than Dr. Fauci, who are you getting your information from? What people? Who? Really? Who do you trust? and absorb your information or news from. 
because they're fucking lying to you. Peter Navarro is an economist and lapdog yes man to Trump. Dr. Fauci is a medical doctor, a scientist, an immunologist. A cosmetologist specializes in hair, like a hairdresser, right? An immunologist deals with the immune system, vaccines. That's Dr. Fauci. For like 45 years, he's worked for our country as the leading infectious disease doctor and under like four presidents. And you, Brian, and folks like you, trust Peter Navarro over Dr. Fauci? Guys like you, Brian, are fundamentally wrong. This is the problem with our country, my man. You are ill. Hell, I'll even go a step further. You are gravely uninformed. That is fact. I just gave you facts of history. They're professional history. They're factual backgrounds. Fauci and Navarro, a scientist and an economist. And you think the economist knows more about COVID than the scientist. Congratulations, B-Rai. You've been su- successfully misled and mind-fucked to disregard facts and credentials or credibility by whomever your sources or mindfuckers are, Brian. Therefore, Brian, your opinion has zero credibility as well. I cannot have a conversation with someone who disregards the word of a Dr. Fauci for a Peter Navarro. That'd be like trusting the word of your plumber about your heart instead of your cardiologist. Nobody does that, b You're just repeating or parroting a bunch of shit. And you look dumb, my man. But I'm, uh, I'm not going to, you know, lose my shit here, Brian. Because listen... Over the past five years, I've gone through all the phases on social media and dealing with others like you. I've gone through the, no, here's the facts on your claims phase. I went through that phase. That was nice. And then I went to the, listen, asshole, you are dumb as fuck. I went through that phase. And all the way over to who the fuck ties your shoes in the morning. I went to that phase. You know what I mean. But I've dealt with all kinds. And I've even, you know, I've even been them a time or two when I was starting out. We all have, you know. Some folks are reasonable and willing to have an open and honest conversation. Others want to be like, well, Obama and Clinton and blah, blah, blah. That's called whataboutism. And that's just dumb. And that's where I'm at in life right now, my man, B-Rye. No real time to banter back and forth with your way of thinking. Life is too short to keep banging your head against the wall and arguing with others who don't have or use the critical thinking skills that they have. You got to bring the heat to me in these messages, bro. Thanks for listening and reaching out to us here at the East West Grind Podcast. I really appreciate it. Side note, John Doe hit me on Messenger the other night talking about how 
Biden lied and the news lied to get the Major League Baseball to change the venue for the upcoming, you know, All-Star game out, out there in Georgia, from Georgia to Colorado. So I sat there shaking my head for a minute, like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, man? What is wrong with him? Major League Baseball is a corporation. Coca-Cola is a corporation. Patagonia is a corporation. All these corporations and more, multi-million dollar corporations, I might add, but they all made a business decision after the Georgia Republicans decided to create and enact laws that made it harder for poor people, black and brown, but Georgia made it harder for their poor voters, poor in terms of economics, made it harder for them to vote. How did they do it? Great question, John Doe. By reducing the number of voter locations in poor areas, economically poor, to shorten the voter time, the times to vote, shit like that. But as a result of uh, Republicans, you know, making it harder for minorities to vote, Major League Baseball decided uh, to change the venue for that that all-star game. Coca-Cola, Delta, Patagonia, like I said, they all took some sort of stance against those new voting laws. And like we said earlier, those corporations drew a line in the sand. They're like, okay, Republicans in Georgia, you're going to fuck with Americans like that and intentionally make it hard for, you know, people to vote. We're going to take our business, that business being, you know, the all-star game, which would have generated millions of dollars in revenues for the state of Georgia. But the corporation said to those Georgia GOP lawmakers, you're going to pass laws that make it harder to vote. We're going to take our multi-million dollar business out of your state and give that business, the all-star game again, give that business to Colorado. And they did. The Major League Baseball and all those other companies have that right to exercise, and they did. Those decisions weren't made of some leftist cancel culture whatever. These decisions to leave Georgia and not assist them in generating income for their state, Brian Kemp and John Doe, were made by the individual company and their board members. Nobody caved to any pressure. It was a business decision, much like Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and their board members making their own decisions as a business recently uh, about, uh, you know, changing their own products and the conservatives are screaming cancel culture. How is it cancel culture? I'd like to ask my conservative friends, how is it cancel culture if corporations are making changes to their own shit? It's not. But but the Fox and all them over there at the Newsmax, the own, keep saying cancel culture. So that's all their viewers will say all day long. Because that's all the hosts are saying. Cancel culture. Every segment of all the conservative networks, cancel culture. Remember for like uh, six months, boxing them at, I swear it was le- at least 50 times a day we're spouting, where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? And everyone on the conservative social media, on the conservative side was like, where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? It's like they were just, just saying whatever they wanted to say and the listeners didn't critically analyze 
what they're being told, what they were being told, right? They just take it on and start repeating it. Well, next thing you know, I'm getting tweets and DMs about the cancel culture. Once that started to hit, it's, it's like a, it's like a cycle of, of different taglines or different, um, whatever they call it. It's, it's odd, but the GOP, you know, they're playing and they're schooled in playing the victims. And most people, they see right through it now. I know we do here at the grind. So sit down, Mr. John Doe, the grown folks are talking Back to the drawing board you go, little man. And he doesn't really care. It keeps changing fast, and it don't last for long. With the Colorado Rocky Mountain High, I've seen it rain and fire in the sky. All right, what's next? Hate crimes. Hate crimes. What the fuck? What the fuck, Arrowhead? Yeah, what the fuck, Arrowhead? First, a 21-year-old goes into a massage parlor and kills a bunch of Asian people. I get massages. Nine times out of ten, it's an Asian person. But this guy's claim was that he was a sex addict and he wanted to take the temptation out. Why go to a massage parlor? Is it the happy finish stereotype he thought he was, you know, he thought was taking place at the massage parlor? Why didn't he go to, uh, you know, like a truck stop where all the lot lizards are? Those are escorts that hang out around truck stops and, you know, knock on the truck driver's door asking if they want a date for 20 bucks. That's a lot lizard. You know, why didn't he go after them? Or what if he was in Oakland? Why, why not go to East 14th and 23rd where all the hookers are and take them out? I mean, he intended to kill those who were tempting him with sex. So a massage parlor was his target? Forget the hookers and prostitutes on the corner. They're not the temptresses. It's the massage therapists. Someone really, really mind-fucked that 21-year-old. Eight people, I think, this piece of shit, you know, took the lives of. I know people have issues with the death penalty. I even do. But in this case, he's obviously going to get life. Why the fuck do we, the taxpayers, have to pay for his room and board and food and clothes and medical for a 21-year-old mass murderer, allegedly? But he's only 21. Maybe he lives until, you know, 60, 70. Why is that type of shit on us, the taxpayer, to foot the bill for mass murderers? Murderers. Fuck that. The same way We put a dog down for biting a child. This motherfucker needs to be euthanized too. Eight human lives this punk took. He's 2021's Dylan Roof. Look that guy up. I say the legal system, just handle him and save us, the fucking taxpayers, millions over this fool's lifetime that he'd just be costing us to be in the prison ecosystem. He's not redeemable. He's never getting out. I say just do it. And then another guy just walks past an Asian woman. Hell a big dude. He's on parole. 
but he walks past this older Asian lady and starts kicking her in the head and the back, fucking stepping on her. And it's all on tape. He got caught. But there's so much hate crimes against Jewish people, Muslims. Motherfuckers are going after the gays now. And now the Asians. Why? Why the fuck are all these hate crimes happening? Hate crimes have increased more over the past four years than in the past 10. And again, I ask why. Because of this shit right here? It's got all different names. Wuhan. Got Wuhan was catching on. Coronavirus, right? Kung flu, yeah. Kung flu. Kung flu. COVID, COVID-19, COVID. I said, what's the 19? COVID-19, some people can't explain what the 19. Give me the COVID-19. I said, that's an odd name. I could give you many, many names. Some people call it the Chinese flu, the China flu, right? They call it the China, as opposed to China, the China. Look at him. It's called COVID-19 because you let the virus in our country in 2019. COVID-19, 2019. And you told people it was no big deal. Now, the virus that we're talking about having to do, you know, a lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat, as the heat comes in. Uh, typically, that will go away in April. I've spoken to uh, President Xi. They're getting it more and more under control. So uh, I think that's a problem that's going to go away. But when you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, uh, that's a pretty good job we've done. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. Seriously, though, why people believe one word out of this con man's mouth, I'll never know. This is the ringleader right here of most of all, if not all, the hate crimes in our country today and over the past five years in giving voice and protection to the bullies and racists of our country under this past president. And the communities to which these hate crimes are taking place, they're not putting up with this shit. I was invited about a week and a half ago. I was invited to a Stop Asian Hate rally last, uh, I guess it was a week and some change ago, at Lake Elizabeth in Fremont, California, by the keynote speaker, Julia Shi, one of the most powerful speeches I've ever heard. And side note, Mayor Lily May and Congressman Ro Khanna, I know you guys listen. Thanks for being a part of the grind. But you two better watch your asses. If this woman, Julia, if she decides to run for office, you guys are done. Whoever seat she tries to take, you guys are done. That's how powerful her voice is. She's everyday America. And everyday America is what we need in those positions of power. Everyday America fighting for the everyday American. Everyday American understands everyday America. And someone who understands everyday America can help fix the problems that everyday Americans face. What is a, a wealthy Park Avenue silver spoon born and bred individual know about the struggle of a farmer or a retail or a service worker or a truck driver? Nothing. And how do you fix something you know nothing about? You don't. 
That is the grift. I've always said in regards to, you know, to former President Trump, who, as everyone knows, was born into millions and who has always marketed himself as a tough guy for the everyday Joe. But I've always said in regards to Trump, how do you fix something you know nothing about? What's he know about everyday America? He made fools of so many people, fundraising to fight the steel or whatever he convinced Americans he was, you know, robbed of, and then pickpocketed the money. It's all over the news now and then, and it's disgusting. I hope nobody I know sent this fucker one red cent of their hard-earned money. Okay, back to Julia. Julia Shi. Uh, we're coordinating with Julia to get her on the show. So stand by, because we're looking forward to this discussion, too. She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway. She's living in a world and it's on fire. Filled with catastrophe. But she knows she can fly away. brilliant woman. Okay, this. Ha ha, this Matt fucking dumb shit Gates. The plot thickens with this little Trump prodigy. Am I right, Matt? Where's all the QAnon people with Matt Gates, huh? He's being investigated by the FBI. That's way past the police department, but it's in the hands of the federal government. And Trump's not there to bail his ass out. For these charges that he's, you know, facing. Bill Barr. Bill Barr lit the go-ahead, you know, fire under this is, uh, you know, one of the last things he did as Attorney General. And I think it's, I think it's great. Catch them all. Matt Gates is scrambling right now, trying to find or to get any show on Fox or Newsmax or OWN, trying to get, you know, on any of them. Nobody will book him. They've canceled the little prevert from Whoville. He looks like he looks like one of those guys from Whoville, doesn't he? And now the nominations for that who among us who best typifies the qualities of Hoodum and Hooderee, the Whoville Holiday Cheermeister. But as we said, Matt Gates is uh, being investigated for sex trafficking taking a 17-year-old girl across state lines to have sex with her, swiping right on dating apps and paying underage girls for dates, air quotes, through apps like, you know, Venmo. That's how dumb Matt Gates is. And that's the investigation that the FBI is spearheading into this dummy. Again, started by Bill Barr in late 2020. I mean, this is one dumb motherfucker. Matt Gates, his last Fox appearance was on Fox, Tucker Carlson, 
talking stupid shit like, oh, somebody was trying to blackmail my family for $25 million. Fuck you, dude. Stop trying to turn this into some Patty Hearst ransom bullshit movie. The FBI is up your ass, not the Florida Police Department, the FBI, Congressman Gates. You allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, to keep Dinesh Johnson's legal eagle nose hairs from catching fire. But you, Matt Gates, allegedly have issues with young girls. And what the fuck is really going on with Nestor? That shit just doesn't add up either. But guess what, Cong- Congressman Gates? I hope it's all true. And that they rip you, you know, right out of your position. That position, you know, being taken away by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and the federal government. But I hope they can throw the book at you if you're guilty and put your punk ass in, with, in a cell with a big ass dude who's going to make you wash his drawers and clip his toenails. You're a fucking con man, and you'll get handled in jail. Most pedophiles do. What's up, dude? Don't drop the soap. Okay. All right, what else we got here? We Oh, we got this shit right here. This. There was the $39,000 shopping spree on really nice suits. Uh, there was the $200,000 spent on private jet vacations. Uh, there was a stay on a 108-foot yacht that came with a private chef and a jet boat and a couple of jet skis. Actually, a couple of nice long stays on that yacht. Tens of thousands of dollars spent on hair and makeup for the CEO's wife. <laughs> All things that were paid for by the unwitting members of a nonprofit organization. Members who apparently had no idea that that's the kind of stuff their membership dues were being spent on. Last year, the attorney general in the state of New York, Letitia James, sued the National Rifle Association because the NRA is technically a nonprofit. It's chartered to operate within her jurisdiction in the state of New York. I'll put the whole seven minute clip in the notes. And if you are a member of the NRA, are you good with your dues paying for, you know, someone else's wife to get their hair done or their nails did? Or how about with your dues? Are you cool with funding trips and suits for the CEO and his posse? Letitia James is going after these guys, and the NRA are staunch Republicans. Look at all the cons of the American people that stand with the Republican Party. My MAGA listeners, please, you really need to put those critical thinking skills to work, friends. These guys are burning you at every fucking end. From the fucking MyPillow guy to the NRA and everybody to the border wall. Everybody in between as well. And that shit ain't right. What the fuck, Arrowhead? All right, so let's, uh, let's get into this past Sunday, Easter Sunday on Mission Peak. Picture it. Dinez Johnson and I are hiking. We're on Mission Peak again. We're close to the very top. And if you know Mission Peak, you know that's a steep-ass, bitch-ass rock. It's the side of a fucking mountain. Anyways, we're coming down this monster of a mountain. It's a bit chilly. I'm tired. I step wrong. My right foot gets stuck between two rocks. 
I stumble and boom! I start to take a nosedive. But not just any nosedive. My leg, my leg is still caught between those rocks and I go down. And on the way down, as I'm falling, I see that my leg doesn't roll with me. In fact, it stayed in that same stuck-ass position. Damn it! And as I reach out to catch myself on the ground, and again, my leg doesn't move. I hear this. I feel this. I hear this. Crack! That's right. I heard it. I felt it. I told Dinez on the side of that mountain, call 911. I just broke my foot or some, you know, some shit down there. She's like, wait a second, wait a second, don't buy. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. Nah. I felt it break. Please call 911. So I didn't fucking move. She called. I did not move. I watched her make the call. And remember, we're on the side of a mountain. The ambulance can't just drive up there and pick me up. No. The fire department had to drive an EV up there, which took about 45 minutes. Another 30 minutes to medicate and load me. They gave me that good, good fentanyl before they tried to move me. And believe me, I had earned it. I laid there 45 minutes in pain, fucking not panicking. It was crazy. So after I was medicated and secured in the EV, then it was another 30, 40 minutes down the hill. Bumpy ass ride. But again, I was medicated. I mean, you know, this was quite the experience. Then they took me over to Kaiser. And that's where I found out that I broke my ankle in three places and dislocated it as well. Fuck. So here I sit in my studio, fucking broke back mountain with surgery scheduled for next Friday. And uh, looks like I've got a long, pretty long, you know, eight to 12 weeks ahead of me of, you know, recovery and physical therapy and all that shit. But I'm super positive about it. I mean, my wife, Dinez Johnson, I've got such a great support system, you know, helping care for me. My sister down the the road, I'm just very, very fortunate. Uh, but uh, like I said, I'm super positive. And um, they're going to, you know, they're going to be putting some pins uh, in my in my ankle during that surgery. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a challenge. A challenge. But um, I say bring it, you know, the, because what the alternative is what? Slip into depression and prolong the healing process? Fuck that. I'm learning about all the physical therapy I'm about to go through, what sort of, you know, chair exercises I can do to keep moving. So bring it on. And until we meet again, Mission Peak, until we, I'm coming for you, bitch. Don't think I ain't. All right, guys. I gotta get out of here and put this ankle up. I'll keep you posted on all things important and on my healing and my surgery. 
Shout out to the Fremont Fire Department for taking such good care of me through this fall and getting me off that mountain safely. Kaiser, ah, you guys got some work to do. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll try to see you next week. Be safe out there. As always, I got your back. Peace.